<laughs> notice there's a big grin on my face as I come to start <clears throat> just sitting in, in this hall once again, having been here both as a retreatant like yourselves and as a teacher also, um, really knowing the benefit and enjoyment actually of practice of coming to sit in this hall over many, many years. And this is what you are all invited to, of what might be possible for a human being, for you actually, a particular human being who is sincerely coming to look into the heart-mind to see what are the ways that that can be bound and entangled and what is the freedom from that. Right. So I really want to welcome you tonight, but I, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking before I welcome you, I want to invite you and let you know what it is that you're being invited to because we looked at the forms um, upstairs in the teacher wing and about 15 of you are new to retreat practice and 30 or so uh, old hands or older hands. Right. So what are you invited to? What are you being invited to? So I want to try and put it really straightforwardly that the teachings of the Buddha, which we will engage in the practices of here over these four or five days, point at one thing only. He pointed to a liberation for the human being through not clinging, liberation through non-clinging. That nothing whatsoever, experience of mind, body or feeling, internally or experiences externally, when not clung to, something comes to peace, the peace that as human beings we want that we, in a sense, don't find that rest and that peace till we really understand the process of clinging to experiences of heart, body and mind internally and experiences externally and understanding the release from that. This is what he taught. And this, is, this teaching has been um, offered for the last 2,600 years now, almost, to men and women such as ourselves. Um, and initially more in the monastic, you know, the monks and nuns of the tradition of the, uh, the Buddhist countries. And then in more recent generations to lay people such as ourselves, to, who, you know, in a way, we have enough time or enough relative privilege, we could say, to take time out of our life to look deeply into this. <clears throat> so that's the invitation <laughs> and I wonder how it chimes or not with what brought you here does it fit at all? and you don't have to try and squeeze yourself into that box oh now I'm supposed to want liberation through not clinging it's not, you're, you're not supposed to try and squeeze that's what's so beautiful about this teaching the Buddha says as, he was, uh, as people said can I come learn the teaching with you he'd say come and have a look come check it out in the original language he said hey Pasiko come and have a look see for yourself this is to be experienced by a human being for themselves check it out and whether you've come with those kind of, that kind of language around it, or you might have completely different language around it. I've come for rest. I've come for seclusion. I've come because I'm curious. I've come because I like something about practice and uh, spiritual orientation I want to discover more. Or I'm coming for refuge. I'm really feeling battered about internally or externally for some of us and I'm coming for refuge, right? Or I love practice. I love liberation. I love that sense of possibility of where the human being can go. I've got the whisper, the taste for it, and I want to follow that. Or as one teacher said, I practice meditation 
so that I can see the purple flowers in the hedgerow that I otherwise might miss. It's like the basic human thing of not wanting our life to pass us by, not be asleep for it, and then at one point find ourselves, well, I don't know if we find ourselves dead, but you know, we're dead at some point, right? Wanting to not have this life pass us by, but to be awake for its mystery, its beauty. Yes, it has its own measure of pain, but what does it mean to be in a wise relationship with that? And that's what's being pointed to. So, (laughs) I don't know at this point now if you can say, right, no thanks, I don't want the invitation. (laughs) I'm off. But you've come because something in that is probably chimes in some way with your story. In some way. If it doesn't, please do come see one of us tomorrow and we can check out what's true for you. What's true for you of what brings you here because that's the most important thing where your heart's energy, your interest, love, desperation, whatever it is that brings you here, where that chimes with these teachings and we can support you to, to look at that if you wish. This is the, this is, I've laid the table, one of my teachers used to say that. This is the laying the table for the, for the meal. <laughs> for the meal. Right. And welcome. Welcome. quite something to take five days, especially if we're new to this. I mean, some of the old-timers, it's kind of part of their yearly routine or more often very some dedicated practitioners here. But it's quite something to take, especially initially, five days of our life, kind of entering into some kind of unknown. We might have ideas, are we going to do qigong and meditation? But actually, moment to moment, we're going to be with our mind, our body, our heart, this one that's called me, who... Well, we'll find out more about who (laughs) and what. But welcome to the particular who that you are. The particular what that you are. The what brought you here, all of the conditions of your life and your story and your history and your forebears that come together in this being called you. This is welcome. Spiritual practice is not trying to squeeze ourselves into another shape that looks preferable or that we think is how you're supposed to become. Liberation is not a becoming. Liberation is a kind of freedom from having to construct ourselves. And at the same time, it's not a withdrawal. It's not a pulling away from life. It's a full entry in. So to the particular one that you are, that brought you here. I'm really, we're really happy to welcome you to practice with us till Tuesday lunchtime. To the ways that you're, you may feel different or maybe different from everybody here, or you may feel that way, all the differences in this room, these are most welcome. Gender, genders, all that are here. Your age, your health, your status of health. Sick or well, in various states of bodily experience, you are welcome. To all your particular sexual orientation, this is welcome here. to your background, of class, of privilege, of not privilege, of education. In the particular way that you are, you are welcome. This practice is to be experienced by each one for themselves. Your ethnic background and all the lineages that have brought you to shape you as you are. Your color everything about you on this cushion exactly as it is. This is, this is it. 
This is the journey. And in welcoming all of those, welcoming all of those differences and diversity and anything else I've forgotten, please open to also what we share with each other here, which is huge. Which is huge. One teacher, he would come and begin his Dharma talks, a monk, and he would say, Dear brothers and sisters, in birth, old age, sickness and death, with a big smile on his face. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, let's get that bit clear. That's the human predicament, right? That's part of the human predicament. Imagining being able to welcome ourselves that that's what really unites us here, right? This human predicament that's mixed, isn't it? It can be wonderful, it can be hellish at times, it can be blissful. It can be confusing, it can be dull. It can be marvelous and sometimes terrible. In our humanness, we are, can we welcome ourselves, actually? Can we welcome ourselves in this humanness, which has a mind, and all of us here are interested, what unites everybody in this room, and probably, if tell me right now if I'm wrong, is that you're interested in the condition of your mind as one thing, right? The condition of our mind is important to us. We know what it can do. It can, it can be dull, it can be bright and brilliant, it can be crazy and lead us into all kinds of painful places. We know that. We know that if we're being kind of blown around by our mind like a leaf in the wind, it's... It's unsettling at best, and at worst, we end up in places we we wonder how we got there. The teaching support us to come into a wise relationship with mind, to find its real place and function in the human predicament, we could say, the human journey. We all share a heart. This is pretty human. Whether we have a lot of feeling or no feeling, we all have a sensitive heart that feels, that is impacted by the rub of the world, by the beauty of the world, by the pain of the world. And some of us may have had to have closed down over that over time. That's okay. But we all share that kind of vulnerable resonance at some level. And we're more or less ambivalent about that, but it's part of our gift. It's part of coming into line with the mind, the heart, and this body. These these that are here for the time being. For the time being. From what I can see in this room, (laughs) there's one of these on every cushion or chair. This particular predicament, (laughs) and predicament doesn't mean negative, it's just a kind of like, oh, wow, it's a human body. It's sensitive to temperature, we can live in a little small band of temperature before we're uncomfortable, it gets sick, we can give it a hard time for not looking right, or we think we're great when it does look right. And all of the trials and tribulations and the things that we go through with body, wise relationship with body, with heart and mind. Imagine that, or maybe you start to know it for yourself, that possibility of freedom from clinging to body, heart or mind. That the hands come off. We leave ourselves alone with steadiness, with good conditions that are here. And we start to get the intimation and taste for some kind of freedom and peace. This is the invitation and this is our work. And you're welcome. In case you didn't get that part. (laughs) You're really welcome. Well, 
I also want to extend my heartful welcome to everybody here for this retreat. And I'd like to acknowledge the the privilege that we all have, the good fortune that we all have to be able to be here. And if we consider all the conditions that are in place that's enabled us to be here, we see that there are many, many, many conditions, many good fortune. And I want to acknowledge the the good fortune that we're actually interested in coming here. That we're interested in taking a break four or five days to be curious about what this experience of this life is. The fact that we have that curiosity, that interest, is also very good fortune. Especially in our culture at the moment, which seems to be going in a very different direction, which is very much about out there. That there's this illusion, and collective delusion, that there's a happiness that we can attain out there. And coming on retreat, it's called a retreat, in a way we're retreating from that particular orientation. I'm sure we all know, taste, feel, experience in some way or other. That we've let go of that everyday world. And here the invitation is to step into engagement with this experience in this moment of this body, heart, mind. Quite a challenging thing to consider, isn't it? Really, if we're really honest. And it takes a lot of support and the support of conditions here of Guy House to really support us in that intention to let go of the outward focus of seeking something outside and to step back into the intimacy and the vulnerability, as Catherine said, of this experience, this body, this heart, this mind, ever-changing, not predictable, each moment fresh, new, unknown. How is it to embrace this? So I want to acknowledge this, this extraordinary opportunity that we have to see the tendencies to distract, (coughs) to look out, and to really begin to come in to really engage with our heart, to really cultivate the ability of this mind to be awake, to be clear, to know directly, precisely what is. And to have a curiosity of this experience through this body. It's through the body that we know this moment directly as it is, not as an idea. Not as a concept, as a label, but the actuality. Whatever that might be right now, it could be tired, it could be bored, it could be interested, excited, warm, cool. But to know the immediacy of the moment. And this is what we're interested in cultivating, that ability to know. And that ability to welcome, embrace, and meet this moment, just as it is. And that takes all of us, takes all of our heart, to be able to meet this as it is. And what we're interested in, 
it's not so much the content. We're very content-orientated as humans. <coughs> we're interested in how we're relating to what is. What's the quality of our relationship? And really seeing clearly as we cultivate that ability to really know precisely, to really be honest when we're holding on to this experience. It's a yummy one. I like it. I want it. Or when we're pushing it away. Ah, just no. Don't want that. Or when we're confused. We've no, no clue what's happening. So we'll explore what is the quality of our relationship with what is. And the practices of qigong, of sitting, we could see the distinctness, and we'll talk about the distinctness of the practice and the tradition. But on the retreat also how we're offering these practices is very much at the heart, the similarity. At the heart, the practice of cultivation of mindfulness, of presence, of awakefulness. This is a heart of the practice. And within the Qigong tradition, there's often a lot more emphasis put on a sense of doing something, of directing, especially energetically. So we're stepping back from that in the practice here. We're stepping back from trying to make anything happen in the Qigong. And through the Qigong, just the mere act of the practice of the Qigong there'll be a a release, there'll be an emptying of some of the tension and the weight. Simply through the practice of the Qigong there is the possibility of more space in body, heart, mind, more clarity, more spaciousness of awareness. We can access that. We can't create it. We can access that. The practice is one of dropping into the experience and opening to it more and more and more fundamentally, becoming more and more in this experience. So through the Qigong practice we'll be exploring the practice through standing, through some movement. The early morning Qigong will be more vigorous. There's a chance just like it's a bit of a wake-up call to the body, just to really wake things up, free things up a bit. Then throughout the day we just slow down more and more and more and more. With the intention in the slowing down to really meet this moment. And what we might find as we arrive in the next few days is a certain momentum. It's a bit like the analogy of the oil tanker. You know, it takes however long it takes for the oil tanker to change direction. We're like that oil tanker. We have a certain momentum from how we've been living. We can't just on one level stop. There's the momentum of that moving through us. So we'll see where that'll take us in the next few days. So, we're going to practice a little bit of Qigong together, and then we'll sit, and then we'll talk a little bit more about some of the intentions of the retreat. So the first practice of Qigong that I'd like to introduce is called Mat Qigong, and it's uh, lifting up any spare mat, taking it into the back of the hall, it's a bit corny, it's okay, it's quite a corny one, but we'll take any spare mats to the back of the hall, let's leave one or two, so that we can make best use of the space and then we'll rearrange our mats so that we're equidistant all the way through to the back and to the sides. So empty mats to the back and then we can rearrange those of us that are left so that we're equidistant going all the way to the back. 
and in rearranging the mats, all I'd like is a straight um, alleyway here, corridor. And then as we go along, you can stagger so that sometimes when we're in a straight line, you can't quite see us. So you can stagger going that way. I'd like a, a corridor so that we can all get in and out. Break up the linear linearity, linearity. So that's freed up a bit more space, which is great. So we'll just practice some very simple qigong just to loosen the body. Um, if you find it hard to hear me or see me, there's plenty of space at the front here, so do come to the front if you find it hard to see or hear us or me. Yeah, you're welcome to stand up on the raised platform here. Please. <laughs> Don't be shy. Good, so let's just um, free up our feet, stepping like this. Many different traditions in Qigong. I think many different countries seem to have their own version. So, uh, just kind of free up the feet, free up the body. Try this one here. It's a bit late at night, but <laughs> and back to this one. <sighs> Free up your breath. So the 1970s, this is Eric and Ernie Chigong, like this. <laughs> and then back to the this one. Good, okay, coming to standing. Can kind of warmed you up a bit? Let's come to stand. Feet about shoulder width. Just soften your knees, unlock your knees. Soften your feet, imagine your feet can open. Open your elbows, open your hands. Just feel the sense of your body the contact through your feet to the ground. Like there can be a, a settling of the tension and stress. Shake a little, shake your hands, shake your hips, breathe into your belly if you can, breathe out with the sound, and again, and again. Shake your shoulders, breathing more into the, the chest. Ah. 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 
shoulders up and down. Take a deep breath, just raise your shoulders. Breathe out. Shake your hands. Feet on the ground, hands in the air. Simple really, isn't it? Shake your hands. Then just come to standing again. So just opening the gesture of the body, softening the feet, the knees, hands, elbows, feeling the contact of feet to the ground. Just opening your awareness inside your body, a sense of sensing or feeling through the whole of your body. Letting your awareness fill your whole body from the inside. Just meeting, sensing, feeling this experience. Each moment unique. This experience of this body, heart, mind arising and passing moment to moment. Awake to this ever-changing flow. If we'd like to take our seats again, thank you. be giving the formal sitting meditation guidance over these next days and in the sitting after breakfast tomorrow which is at 9.30 that's where I will unpack the instructions most fully for the beginning of the retreat tomorrow. For now we'll have a short sitting with a little guidance and tomorrow morning in the sitting before breakfast after Qigong it will be a mostly quiet sitting. But for now this is the 
short initial sitting. So please take a seat that is upright and gentle, where you can let the breath that has been freed up a little bit in the qigong, let it breathe out together. So breathing in, breathing out. Let your body come to earth. And another deliberate one, so breathing in. And on the out-breath, let your body come to earth. The muscles in your back, the lower back, and the buttocks start to soften. See if you allow your body to be welcome. Welcome where it doesn't have to hold itself back from fully taking its place here and now. Let the hands be soft. Eyes can relax a little bit. And for the most part, I'll instruct you to have the eyes closed, unless you're very sleepy in which case you can open them a little bit to let some light in. And breathing out. And let's begin by opening your awareness to include the whole sense of your body sitting here. Right? We're not going to focus in right away. Open out, more like a wide-angle lens. And sense whatever you can of your arms, the heaviness, can you sense that? Or the heat, or the throbbing. And breathing with that. How do you know you have arms right now, apart from the thought that tells you? What's the direct experience of arms? And breathing out with your legs, the thighs, the shins, the feet. if they're pulsating or if they're hot or cool or numb or dense or painful. Breathing in and breathing out with your legs. So we begin by establishing the posture. This is how we can settle. The mind will follow in time, the settling of our body and let there be enough room for your belly to breathe don't try to make yourself smaller take up the room that you take a little space under your armpits And opening first to the quiet in the room. You might sense just a little bit the stillness. The lack of interference. That can help remind us to not interfere with ourself to not push ourself or pull ourself and as you settle a little bit the body letting the breath energy the fact of your body's breathing let that be known in awareness right now 
How do you know that you're breathing right now? If you step back and gently regard your body breathing, because it is, you don't have to make it happen. Step back. Let your body breathe however it does it. And with this open, soft attention, welcoming the body breathing, breath by breath. And when your mind wanders, or it spaces out. Then breathe out deliberately. Find your seat again. And take the position of welcoming this body breathing. As your body expands a little bit on the in-breath. Can you feel that? fills and expands and widens. And it starts to very naturally contract on the out-breath as the breath is given back, so to speak. very gently guiding to receive one breath at a time just this one your whole body is affected in some way by the in-breath. Will you let it? Can you know it? And staying steady for just one out-breath. Subtle. Fading away into the silence.
I'm just going to say a little bit about one of the structures that supports us here over the days. Um, the five ethical guidelines that we ask you to take on for this period of practice to support the mind and to support each other. Actually. So the um, I will say the precept, the guideline, and please uh, take it on for this time. So these are all based in non-harming, which uh, and non-interference actually, which really allows the mind to settle. So on one level, they may look like rules, and you can look at them that way if you want. Um, they're like a foundation for the mind to be able to settle. Like when we're not interfering or, or, or with harm, then the mind actually does come to settle. It's, it comes more into its nature of settledness. So the first guideline is to not take any life, to refrain from killing any living creature while you're here. And this is a, they're, they're actually called training precepts because they train the mind when we look on the outer level, the kind of killing or wiping away the mosquito or the slug or whatever it is. It has this kind of action in the mind where we want to sort of annihilate something that's in our way, right? We want to get rid of it. That we then can train the mind to uh, refrain from that. It's the same tendency that we do to ourselves and each other of wanting to annihilate it's the basic force of aversion and hatred. So we train the mind in a re- relaxing that tent, that human tendency. And the second precept to uh, refrain from taking things that aren't offered to you, so not stealing. Um, again, it's the other side of the equation, right? They're trying to acquire something for me, that tendency which leaves us... <laughs> You know, if we've tried it, which we all probably have in our life, not necessarily stealing, but to try and get something for me, it never ends, right? We never get enough. There's never enough we can get before we rest. So we train in relaxing that tendency. So please leave each other's things as they are, including, I tell this story regularly, but this one which I thought was outside of the realm of stealing, which was taking other people's shampoo, it was in the showers. I used to think that didn't count. It took me a while to actually, as I was kind of like, oh, I'll just try somebody else's stuff, you know, these expensive products that I don't have. Again, and actually seeing that, it's like, oh, leave it alone and let it, the mind can come to settle. That, that illusion that there's something missing or that I need more can start to relax. Third precept to... Uh, Refrain from any sexual interactions with yourself or each other while you're here. And in lay life, the pre- in ordinary life, the precept is not causing harm through sexuality. Right? For retreat purposes, it's just to refrain, um, kind of put a boundary around that energy, partly because we need the energy for the practice. Right? And of course, we can get into all kinds of tricky places with it without wisdom. So we're learning how to bring wisdom and refraining here fourth precept to to, here is around speech is around noble silence which Brad will speak around a little bit more about the silence that we give each other while we're here again in lay life it's not that silence is more important it's actually not causing harm through speech and speaking what's true and appropriate etc there, um, there will be opportunity to speak a little bit um, at times. Brad will say more about that. And the final precept, refraining from alcohol intoxicants, anything that cloud the mind, um, which, you know, we, we do that because sometimes there's a lot hard things to bear, a lot, a lot of pain to bear, but we want the consciousness clean and awake so we can <coughs> be mindful. You can't be mindful if it's clouded, right? But that doesn't mean not taking your medication that you're on, right? Please continue to take that. That's important. So please uh, consider these, take them on, and eat. You know, a particular one may not be a whole big deal for you. Some of them might, but a particular one may not. 
but just to consider if, as a human species, we agreed to take on one for a day. That was something, isn't it? You know, it's like there's real refuge that we give each other in that. Real refuge for each, leaving each other alone to settle. So we don't have to be up, away from our seat, kind of in this sort of more fight-flight reaction. So enjoy them. They are beautiful guidelines, actually. They really, and many of you know that, will support the mind to relax, really support. Um, I think that's all. So I'd like to speak about uh, silence. I don't know how it was for you when Catherine was guiding the meditation. We had that just a minute or two of silence and the quality of that. Could you hear that or feel that, the effect of that? And there's something fundamentally supportive about silence. And yet in our life, how much we fill the space with so much noise. So we'd like to speak, well, I'd like to speak a little bit about how we support each other through not filling that space. And one of the obvious ways is through just not talking. So we really ask that you don't engage with each other in conversation at all. There'll be times when we'll have a small group. You'll be in a (coughs) a small group where you'll meet once during the retreat with about seven or eight other people. That's a real chance to connect and, and speak of your experience. And also, any time in the retreat, if you need support, please don't ask your friend or your loved one, if there's someone here that, you, that you're in a relationship with, for support. Please seek us out. And it's really about giving each other space. Yeah? It's really a fundamental way that we support everybody here. We each support everybody here through not engaging in that way. And this, this also includes leaving notes. We can, you know, if, you, if it's something that you need to leave us a note about, please do, or the managers, please do. But please don't leave notes to each other like, you know, oh my God, I can't talk. I'll leave a note for so-and-so. How is that meditation for you? God, what, what are we doing there in that session? Uh, you know, we find ways to kind of, in a way, break the holding of the container or that our mind does. But that affects everybody else on the retreat. Yeah, so we really ask for the well-being and the support of everybody that you refrain from that kind of activity, from talking, from leaving notes. It's the biggest gift you can give each other. And what we find over many years is that that's one of the most profound experiences that people again and again and again have on retreat because we don't have that much. Or if we do have it, it's because we're on their own. But being in silence together allows something else to happen. Allows both a dropping, but also paradoxically a connection. That's not through any effort. And, it, and knowing the interconnection of us all is very profound. And also just in the keeping the silence, it's easy to kind of think, oh, you know, I'll just I'll sneak a little conversation here and then someone sees you and they think, well, if they're doing it, then I'll do it. And then, all, and then that just proliferates. And we've got half the retreat breaking that, that principle. So please, 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 it's a... Very important aspect, and part of that also is to switch off your mobile phones. Don't switch them on again for the retreat, and your tablets or your iPads or whatever smartphone paraphernalia thing that you have that you brought with you. 
please turn it off. It's so tempting when we're here and we just want, we have, we've lost a sense of connection with ourselves and we want to connect with someone outside the retreat and we just send a text and it, again, it, it breaks the holding here. It breaks the field that we're creating if we start to take ourselves out of it by engaging with out, life outside. I remember years ago when, when I was doing practice, intensive practice and retreats, mobile phones, I hadn't even heard of it, heard of it. You know, can, can you remember life before mobile phone? It's kind of hard to now, isn't it? It's like it's such an all-pervasive part of our, our life. And yet we really strongly request you to put that down, turn it off. Now, you may have set up a situation where in an emergency you may need to be contacted. And what we ask is that you, you, if that is the case, you just send that person a message saying, please call, and it's the Guy House number, and it's on the notice board. Now the Guy House number, obviously there's someone there throughout the day, and at night there's an answer machine, and they'll leave the phone number of the person who's on call. So even during the night, there's a facility here that if someone needs to contact you, they can call that number and that person will come out and they'll do their best to contact you. So if there's an emergency situation, life or death situation like that, you can be contacted here. But please don't be checking your phone every day, twice a day, if there's a message like that, that might come. Give the guy house number. Similar with doing emails and going on the internet, please just put it down. It's almost like weaning ourselves from the addiction of that connection that we can find through the text, through the email. When we're interested in the connection here, and if we're seeking that out there, we're not going to really take the step back into here. <clears throat> if that's not clear, um, please do come and see us. It's an important part of the retreat. And we know for some of you there is life or death situations. And please leave the guy house number. Or if something else needs to happen, please come and speak with us about it. And we'll see what we can do. Is that, is that a clear <laughs> request, please? Yeah, thank you. Also with books, you may have brought your novel to read. Again, it's just a way of distracting us from here. Put the book down. And a general, especially in this hall, a general atmosphere of silence. So when we're coming in and sitting down, just be mindful of the effect of a lot of noise can have. Yeah? It can really ripple through the hall. <clears throat> so supporting each other in the creation of this quality of this atmosphere of silence throughout the retreat. So one, another way that we are supporting each other on the retreat is through the schedule. So has everyone seen the schedule that's been posted? Um, basically the, the day is alternating periods of Qigong sitting, Qigong sitting, you may have seen that already, and we throw in the occasional meal, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then qigong sitting, qigong sitting. So it's a continuity of practice throughout the day in different form, sitting form or the qigong standing or moving form. Please do arrive on time. The, the bells are ring a few minutes before. Do come into the hall on time. Again, it supports the whole 
field and stay for the duration unless there's an emergency, unless you have to go to the toilet. But please really have that intention of staying throughout the whole session. And we ask that you really engage with the schedule. See, see what your capacity is to really wholeheartedly give yourself to what's on offer here. And you may find after you know, some time that you're really exhausted and you genuinely just need to have a break. Do so. If you need to take a rest, do so. And it's fine, for us it's finding the edge of that you're not pushing yourself beyond your capacity if you're really tired. But also that we're not just kind of spacing out, glazing out and just not really engaging with the program. It's finding, finding somewhere that's really authentic for you. <clears throat> so, we're coming towards the end of what we wanted to say, and it's, it's quite a lot to take on, isn't it? You're, I'm sure a lot of us are quite tired and it's getting late. So, is there any questions about anything that we've said? Anything that's not clear? Please, yeah. Uh, is talking to myself also a distraction? So what, in your, in, in your head or just like... Yeah, like... If I walk around outside and talk to myself, is that distraction? Yeah. See, see what it would be like to actually not do that. Yeah. yeah. And if that... And if you want to explore that, what's happening there, then do come and see us. Yeah. So we're not locked in here, no. Um, what, practicing outside or... Um, well, we're, we can go outside and walk at any time. And if we want to go out and practice with trees or walk in the gardens, we're free to. I'm not too sure what the weather will do with regard to the Qigong and whether we'll be outside or inside. And that's really, for me, also just sensing in what, where the group's at and whether we need to be more still inside or whether we do go out and play. I don't know yet. Thank you. Any, any other Anything to clarify about what we said? Great. So, yeah. So let's end the evening together. And um, if, just one more practical thing, actually, if you're sharing a room uh, in twos, you know, a lot of the rooms are two-share, and you haven't said hi to your roommate yet it's fine to say hi when you get up there tonight and then go into the silence there may be one or two sentences exchanged about window open window closed but just do that tonight and then leave each other be with the conditions as they are at that point you know Um, and then all of this all of this container all of the silence all of the practices really so that something new can be discovered for something new to be seen, we generally have to do something a little differently. So the silence, the practices, we engage them, and something new can come through. Um, so let's just end with a minute silence together.
I'm wishing you a good night's rest and a safe and nourishing and deepening retreat as well. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.